Three, two, one. Oh. We now have only 120 minutes. So we have to keep okay. this to two hours. Sure. <laughs> what if we what if we put out a 45 minute podcast and we were recording two hours every time? Mm. Think of the edit. Mm. God. Oh, thank you. How's it going? Night symphony. It's not even a voice filter. Just talking in really high voices. Good. Oh. Ooh, type form. Yeah, put type form on the list. Been noodling around with it. Playing with it? Yeah, having a little play. Pondering how to make our quoting form better to make less work for ourselves. Yeah, yeah. Just looking at it the other day and thinking, yeah, it's pretty basic. Like, it's just the Airtable one. And we could do a bunch of stuff just to sort of improve the question order. But I want to take, yeah, sort of take some of the admin out of it or push the admin to the other end of the form and just make it a bit more engaging, but also try and get cast leads to sort of qualify themselves a bit, like put more education in there yep. without making it arduous. <laughs> That's a challenge, um, yeah. Yeah, <laughs> to sort of come away with higher quality leads. Yeah, we get pretty good leads through it, but I feel like it could be better and we could spend less time quoting for the same result yeah. if we just improve the form. For sure. So I heard about Typeform and I know Sarah's used it a little bit. It's pretty fancy. I get the impression, I haven't looked into it, I get the impression it can do sort of some sort of logic stuff as well, like mm. based on the person's responses, give them an estimate of blah. Yeah. Yeah, that's, it sounds like there'd be a lot more of these. Maybe I just don't know about them. I'm sure that's the case. Like there'd be a lot of these out there, right? I mean, Google Forms is so. pretty decent. Airtable, like it has logic, but it doesn't do any calculations. But what I would love is it to be more of like a, boy, I guess more pictographs, more visual instead of mm. like a ton of text. Oh, you pick from these two options and it's like, I don't know if you did services that were like laser cutting or CNC routing and you would pick it or I don't know. I really would just like it to just quote stuff for people automatically. It's my real goal. River quote. So I have mucked around. I have mucked around a little bit with that concept for sort of known trusted clients of giving them like a restricted view to our Airtable quoting base. Ooh, wow. Where they can kind of, they can create a new record and plug in mm-hmm. the basic stuff and potentially get an estimate. Wow. If it was a range, I might be into that. Yeah. Yeah. Look, I think, you know, the person that I was experimenting with that concept very much understands that it is yeah. experimental and an estimate and they're not going to hold us to anything. But mm-hmm. it was more just that they didn't have to bother me to get a price yeah, on that's true. cutting blur. They could just plug in some numbers and go, oh, yeah, maybe that. If you would like to get mm. Robocode.com, it is $20,000 currently. Come on. I think the Patreons can spot us for that, right? Yeah, well, it seems like a good investment. Maybe we can get, like, the code AU. Unsupported. I don't know how your things work. TLDs. Dot Australia. Just the whole thing spelled dot, out? Dot Australia. No, dot, dot AU is our new extension. What about da- dot down under? Does that work? Nope. <laughs> Can't do that. That might be a different type of website. Nice. It's the After Dark series of parts department. <laughs> Robo quote. Ooh, also, how is there not like a Dawn voice in like an Australian accent yet? Like, it seems a little discriminatory to me. 
Am I not enough for you? On some Australian mob boss stock mm. voices. Is there a history of of mobs and like Italian mobsters yeah. or yeah, British mobsters? A, good, a rich crime history. Yeah. Oh yeah, it used to be. It's not yeah. of great interest to me, but I know <laughs> it. It happened. Happens. I'm not one for true crime, particularly. How are you? What's happening, mm. Portland? Lots of time making the, the fixture that Ricky is now using. This big, big old chunky piece of aluminum that is holding ATC forks on the router. And it came with a lot of challenges. And uh, it took me quite a while to get it all dialed in. And it's got a ton of tiny little high feed machining slots with tiny little tool, eighth inch tools and on the mill. And finally got it all set up, and it's like the first stop here is totally mechanically fixtured, so it's like held with Mighty Bytes and a Saunders rail, and that's currently what's happening right now for the first time. Finally got it set up and running, so it sounds very solid, which is the, this is the part I'm not worried about. The second side is a negative pocket with vacuum underneath it, and the vacuum kind of mm. just is the last little bit to hold it down, because we do some... I want to do some more aggressive, like, hat facing on the backside. And it, oh, I'm yet to know. We'll, we'll, we'll know in this process whether or not it throws the parts out or not. So and then we'll have to go to a little bit more nibbly high feed stuff. But my goal is that we can just face it off with a shear hog and then mm. basically cut the channels on the backside. And yeah, so it's been way, way, way too long of a process, but I was kind of on the side of like, I've done this three or four different ways and they've all failed in different ways, which might be one of the hardest parts I've ever reliably. Mm. And it's not just, it's different, right? It's not to get it to a place where we get it done for this job. It's like, I want to make thousands of these probably, right? Like over time. And I can't expect myself or Ricky to remember the weird details every time we got to set it up that you know, you got to put some hairspray down so that it doesn't slide around or something, you know, like, because we were really getting into some weird stuff the last couple of times right. we, we made these. And it's just people are going to want to buy and replace these over time. Like they can't be changing all the time. So took yeah. a lot so of time. A, a good recipe. Yeah. In. Something that's reliable. It seems like a tiny part for vacuum to be involved. Like how are you getting any vacuum on such a small surface area? No, it is. It's definitely small. They're buried about halfway into pockets, so they fit. Yeah. You kind of have to not smash them in, but it's a it's a pretty press fit. And then the vacuum, in my theory, keeps it from being able to lift. Because it's acetyl on aluminum, and it's, it's pretty slick in the first place. So it's like, I think yeah. the vacuum helps keep it from ripping out. So are you doing the machining operations on the mill or the router? Router. Yeah, yeah right. It's always been the goal because we can, yeah, it's just like one of the few parts for this job that can actually be done on this machine, that machine. And sure. um, I don't know. Yeah. It just feels, especially because of the need for that, like some need, it's, I don't know how else to hold that part really, because you could potentially like side clamp it, but the little prongs are like just floating out by themselves otherwise. So like, how do you machine those accurately? So I don't know. It's been stupid <laughs> long long well, process they'd usually be injection molded right i don't think i think most of them are 
machined acetal, like all the really? off-the-shelf Chinese ones. They look like it anyway. Okay. But yeah, that could probably you, be the case. Can you injection mold acetal? I don't know. I don't... My my feeling is no. Mm. Yeah, I don't know. We, we prototyped yeah, some out of HDPE, and we used those for quite a while, and they just don't have the resilience of... They kind of get loose. Yeah. And, uh, yeah. Yeah. So we went back to acetal. But anyway, that's been yeah, cool. a large portion of my. I was just joking with Ricky. I was like, if we had to do this for somebody else, like, <laughs> not 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 even the design part, but just like the machining has been. It's been a lot for. It's just a big part. The mother palette's been pretty key in getting that to work. So it's been nice. Yeah. Cool. Sounds great. Yeah. Sounds tr- dreamy. It looks I'd nice. Pay to be in that prob- I'd pay to be in that problem-solving space right now. Yeah, I, I've enjoyed it to a degree. It's nice to go in and just run the mill and have it do a little high-feed machining and you spray off the coolant. It's these sexy little pockets with champers all over and vacuum through. And But I made enough mistakes on it that, you know, in just the state of where things are at, I am just want it done. Yeah, sure. Well, how, what sort of vacuum are you putting through the aluminium on the router? Are you using the like table co- vacuum? Or? Yeah, it's, it's, through, it's flowing through our table. So it's just a, one of the ports, yeah, okay. it sits right over top of it and then pins and fastens to the table itself. And then the vacuum has, I think each pocket has five or six holes and some channels on both sides to increase the surface area. Yeah, we'll see. It's nice. still cutting the first side. I'm anxiously yeah. awaiting to see how they <laughs> last after weeks of trying to get this to work. Awesome. And from a workflow perspective, are you still like posting all the code out of Fusion for these sorts of things? Mm-hmm. If it's not, is Ricky up to speed on that sort of stuff, or you're sort of leading he can that programming? Definitely. I, we just had a whole, he has not done much oh. of anything with NC programs. And so a lot of our products rely on those for little feature changes or nesting, right? Different nested quantities. So oh, we yeah. just did a little primer on that again yesterday, which it is a fair, I don't know. If you haven't played with NC programs, you really should, because there's a lot of power in it and control okay. over over what you can do with it. And, and honestly, it was like being able to, it, it for products especially it makes for a lot more control with repeatable things like if you're going back to tweak a feature or I don't know how it would work for the pencil sharpener I don't understand that machine well enough like how you program it but you know anything on your sheets like the one thing I wish it would do is I wish we could control how many pattern features were in each NC program because it's basically like a preset right of all your programs and cam settings and and output yeah. settings. And so you can go back and edit that and it knows where the file lives on like where you posted it to. So it'll tell you if what you've edited in okay. cam is at a date, ah, which is kind of yeah, cool. That's fancy. That's, that is cool. Keep, keeps the language of the file naming structure all the same, which is key for when you're going to po- go to run a file on the machine and it's like the names are all wonky and you don't know what it means. Yeah. And, Okay. No, I'm starting to see some value. I've never looked into it. So I've never really understood what its value is. My impression from listening to the bomb drones was that it, you know, it's just, you know, members which postprocessor you like to use for which yeah. programs to post out to one of your squillion machines and stuff like that. But 
Mm-hmm. Yeah, no, little things, even like file naming. It's cool. Mm. Okay. It saves. Okay. The other major thing that I learned, I kind of started using it when we were doing the iMac bases because we had different heights. We had we could make one, two, three, or four, and it would always mm-hmm. just reference a patterned single unit so that you never had to like yep. different machining in each one. It would always use the same cam. And so it saves you from needing four different setups, right? Like you only have yeah, the sure. one setup that gets patterned and then the pattern can be toggled kind of like on or off inside the inside NC program. And the other like one thing we use specifically cool. on the dust boots is one of the brush plates. We label it by just using a chamfer tool to make some holes. So it has like, it tells us whether, which size the brush is supposed to be. So there's some slight changes in the in the plates, but that file, nice. that model piece is the same either way. It just changes whether you use an operation that's in the same setup. It either uses it or doesn't use it to like widen that mm-hmm. slot and add those dots. But otherwise, nothing changed. So like every part should be the same except for those little tweaks. So yeah, it's really useful yeah, for that cool. kind of stuff. Cool, cool. Okay. Mm. Nice. Yeah. I'll check it out. It can, I, one more, last little thing. It can, you can do this probably without using the NC program, I think, but to do like a one and done fixture where you have like first op as a setup, second op as a setup, you select both of them and post them and it can reorient the operations minimally to minimize tool changes, which I didn't trust for wow. a long time, but it actually works really well. I don't know how they figured out that, like if it's going to cause a crash or not thing but usually i simulate it and it's fine and i'm like huh how did you figure that out and it usually you know it'll move up a chamfer in this big long list of operations and yeah it's it's oh wow it's curious interesting okay mm-hmm. uh, have you been playing halo probe halo i thought this would i don't have any i'll put something in here i thought we'd have a new segment things we love it's time for things we love And I was just thinking about this the other day, and I don't know if we ever talked about it, but a guy named Padded Old Boys, which I kind of was introduced to his account on Instagram based on this product coming out. A bunch of people reposted it. It's like one of the only things I've ever seen go viral in a certain sense within the Insta Machinist group. This person designed yeah. a basically like a little piece of aluminum that goes on your probe, Renishaw probe. It's like the most simple but ingenious solution to those things are a ceramic tip with a ruby ball at the end usually and a piece of aluminum above that that kind of holds all the guts of the brain the expensive parts and the way that you typically smash your probe is you either bring it down on top of something or you drive it sideways into something typically it's you miscalculated something right and it just destroys it so you're, you're out a thousand bucks at least and he just created this little thing that clamps onto it close up to the base of it and if it hits into the probe halo it sets off the the alarm that says oh no that's not where i expected it to be inside the probe and sends the probe back up to a safe spot it kind of like averts probably 80 percent of crashes that would happen wow i would say it's a 40 dollar little thing he invented and it just went crazy like i was using the probe the other day and i was like I feel like this needs to get talked about again because it's like the kind of product that like 
I kind of dream of inventing someday where it's just like everybody <laughs> needs it. A lot of people I saw would say like, oh, I could make this, but like I would rather just, you know, pay 40 bucks to, to, to Pat because it's a great idea and, you know, he should be rewarded for it. And everybody around the world is just like loves it. So there's some good, good videos mm. on his account. So you've got one, I take it. I got, yeah, I paid, paid, got it like almost immediately yeah. and put it on and yep. I haven't needed it yet, but I love the idea yeah. of it being there. Yeah. No, super clever. Love it. The product design dream, that simple widget. Like hundreds of them. He's t- I mean, he hasn't said ever how much specifically. He's also an entertaining follow on Instagram. He does this thing where he just made a hashtag, I think, called blocks with holes because like most... <laughs> Most <laughs> machinists just make blocks with holes in it. And so people submit through the hashtag, is this a good blocks with holes? And he'll either, he'll either approve it or deny it or rate it. It's fairly entertaining to watch. I don't know. I don't know him at all. He's a nice guy. And he made a cool thing. Excellent. Well, I'll follow along. Yeah. Thanks. When you get your probe. Yeah. Yeah, that's right. Awesome. Well, I didn't come prepared for things that I love no. for this segment. I thought I'd start it. Yeah. Let's start. I'll come prepared next week. Okay. My impromptu things I love. Yeah. But as I saw something Ooh. that I've been enjoying this week has been, you'll notice the synthesizer is no longer by my right shoulder. Ooh. And it's because I've taken, I took it home ages ago, summer holidays, I think I took it home. Yeah. To noodle around on and it stayed at home and because of the little road connect thing, I've got sample buttons elsewhere now, but I have been very much enjoying Playing that this last week or so, and I've been getting into sampling and cutting stuff up more so. Mm-hmm. So I've been shopping around for MPCs and samplers and things. Interesting. Fun little, fun little window shopping experience unrelated to work. But uh, yeah, that's what I've been enjoying this week. So that thing, I thought it was a keyboard, but you actually have a, like a synthesizer? Uh, yeah, it, it is thing. a synth of sorts. Yeah. Same thing? Yeah. Yep, yep. Interesting. I it's have no musical station. ability at all, so I'm always oh, jealous of people that, I mean, I, I guess I've screwed around and made things more digitally, but, but it's not. Yeah. not. Not at all. So yeah, it's always interesting when people are like, like, I think there's YouTube accounts that will do whole songs and stuff, like original things. Not very many of these, but like people that can make their own music, right? To like not need some type of license to put music oh, in your yeah, video. Yeah. It was so cool. Like, I wish I could do that. Yeah, I've thought about that a little bit. There was a great article in, in The Guardian, I think, recently called The the Joy of Mediocracy and the, mm-hmm. the fact that we need hobbies that we're bad at. Yeah. And it was a great little read mm-hmm. just about, like, you know, I think, the, the woman riding it was a, a surfer and she's been surfing for 20 years and she's made like almost no improvements at her f- surfing skill. And people are like, oh, you could do this blah, 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 to get better at that. And she's like, no, I'm, I'm very satisfied being completely mediocre. This is not about getting better at something. It's about just the experience and the habit and the ritual of it. I thought it was yeah. a really nice find that not everything has to be about getting better at something anyway i apply that similar logic to my noodling around with music of just like i'm not musical at all but it's something i enjoy fiddling with well it makes it makes the podcast better right 
They had some muscles in that room. For mm, what have you guys been working on at the shop? What's your, what's anything interesting? I saw you, you made a sign. Yeah, we've got the state festival starting this weekend in town, in our little local town, and just got to, trying to get the place cleaned up a bit to have an open studio on Saturday. Invite the public in. Yeah. So I've got a trailer load of gravel coming today to tidy up the front of the building and yeah, for the workshop's good. The workshop's great, looking good. It's more about just all the other crap outside, like cleaning out my compost experiments and weeding the garden and ah, you can't clean it up. People gotta see how the how the sausage is made. How the compost is made. So the sausage will still be there. Get some kids to come in and stir it up for you. Yeah. Here, play over Get here. Yeah, come play in the smell of the high dust. <laughs> yeah, I forgot about that part. It's a little less uh, friendly. Daddy, look at the sand pit. Oh, I promise it's really, I mean, like of the things that companies get rid of, you've had it tested and it's safe. It's a little different than like <laughs> uranium or diesel fuel. Trent, that is true. So yeah, getting ready for that. We've actually got our Thursday lean monthly lean day today mm -hmm. uh, but just the overhanging pressure of sales i think will stop me doing too much fun stuff today mm -hmm. okay i think i've got a bit of target fatigue and you know mm -hmm. um, i understand why they're important and they have been very effective at like driving us forward but like yeah it's the <laughs> i think we've talked about this before but it's like when you make target for a week or a month, it's like, there's like a mini little celebration. Like, yeah, great, we made it. And then it's like this sort of feeling of like, I've got to do it again and again and again. Yeah. Just, <laughs> no, yeah, for sure. That's, that's, that's weighing heavy on me at the moment. Whereas been, you know, the bad old days where we just had no idea what we're doing in terms of the numbers of the business. We didn't, we just weren't aware of them. Yeah. We had some vague sense of like what a good month looked like, but we also sort of busy and sort of and then and, and naive about the financial side of things that we just sort of pushed on. And yeah, but yeah, I'm tired. I'm tired. I guess the question I would have about that is, was it stressful in different ways of like what my version of oh, that yeah. is because you don't have enough money or like sales are too up and down. So I guess it's it's it's. <laughs> Pick your poison, maybe. Your yeah, success was, poison. Yeah, no, 100%. It was stressful in different ways. And it's in a way, we've kind of just moved the stress. So now it's like, instead of it just being, oh, cash flow is fine this week, it's like looking forward at our beautiful projections, we're going to have a big cash flow hole in June. It's like, oh, sh shit, what are we going to do about that? Like, and it kind mm. of just, which is great to know ahead of time. Absolutely. Like, we can plan for it. And, Know, work towards that not being an issue, which is fantastic, but mm -hmm. it does, it doesn't make it less stressful necessarily. So, yeah, I don't know. Yeah, but mm. I will try and make some time today to put into the Kitter Builder Configurator project because I've got just yesterday I got access to our 90 day free trial mm -hmm. on the VividWorks platform, Log, logged in for the first time. So, this is the Finnish company that I've mentioned. Mm -hmm. who do a really nice 3D configurator. So try and get in there and read some of the documentation, sort of have a poke around, see if I can import a model from Fusion and do things like that. Yeah. So I'd really mm -hmm. like to push that project along. It feels like a key part of our the next step in sort of pushing kit aparts. 
out into the world. So yeah, I will. Yeah. How about some time for that? For sure. No, it's mm. interesting. I, I don't know what sparked me to do this the other day. You reminded me. I have a video that I've been slowly editing on my phone of trying out the different, I basically need to do voiceover on it because it's just like weird screen recordings at this point. But I exported a decent amount of our products. I tried this, like, man, quite a while back. I don't, maybe I didn't have anything really to, to output or to, to try out. I forget. It didn't work very well the last time I tried it. But you can just straight, you know this because I think I saw it on your website. You just output the little file that makes a AR object inside of Shopify or augmented reality. And then you can like spin a model around of a product. Mm. The best thing is it it puts it, especially out of an iPhone, I don't know how it works on Android, puts it in scale in your space and then you can walk around it or like manipulate it or, you know, spin the object mm. around. And so I found that to be really interesting. I did a few of our products and they're on our website. And the particular one that's really curious and I'm sure you have some too is like we did this hardware cabinet that I basically just made a download for free and yeah. it's like eight feet tall so like when you put it up it's like a wall to like and it's opened up so you can see all the all the stuff inside of it and it's just like a really cool experience to like have a little through your phone it's just like a live view of this product to like look around and inside stuff it's very entertaining I like that a lot yeah it, it is entertaining I we tried it on our website a couple of years ago when we first sort of rolled over to Shopify and I, I've always found that AR stuff a bit clunky and gimmicky. Like as an end user, I've never had a use case for it and I can, yeah, I can understand why people think it's important for furniture specifically. Yeah. Um, but I've never been quite sold on it. Not sure why. Do you have it like for have a ever, decent amount of your products? I've not no, seen it on I a couple. We, we, I don't know, I don't know if it's still there. We did have it turned on for a couple of yeah, a couple of things, and it would be easy to bring it back. But yeah, I don't know. Yeah, I don't know. So the way that our theme works on Shopify, I don't know how this all works, but it like prominently puts this little thing on the mobile view on an iPhone, especially. Mm, okay. What I found to be really impressive was it now has textures, whereas it used to be like steel. You know, like everything was steel view and it just looked ridiculous. Oh, uh, yeah. So, yeah. like, that's really cool that it's like textured. So, you can have, even if the wood doesn't quite work right, it still looks like wood for the most part. But, like, where I was just yeah. thinking about for you would be really nice is one of our products, the little, I mean, some of these are just kind of small little things, but it's like a hammer, multi, like a tool holder for the wall where you put your drills and stuff. And you can snap it onto the wall in the augmented reality and then walk That's around cool. it and it stays there it's so cool like and so i could imagine that being really useful for kit parts especially or any of your other mm. shelving type things that people could throw that up on their wall like you could do a little intro video of like hey you want to see what this looks like in your space and then like it's really quite obvious how to do it too which is impressive that they've figured out to make that so seamless so is this now integrated into shopify yeah, I think your theme cool. has to that one. Theme has to use it somehow, but like, yeah, okay. that. So yeah, I had the same experience a couple of years ago. It was like a process to get it out of Fusion mm -hmm. to get it usable, and now it's one file that works directly. You drop it in Shopify, and it just works okay. in the, in the photo media thing. Yeah, 
Yeah, I think it's pretty yeah. powerful. I mean, I don't know so much about like CNC products, but I just thought it was, it's very easy. So I didn't have to do anything other than dump it out. Yeah. Cool. All right. I'm going to check that out again. Have you, oh, wait, was uh, delved into a software corner with that? Like a fair corner. Um, I missed your question there. Hold up. What was it? <laughs> like a software cornered. Swamped by the corner. Have you delved, have you used meta objects at all yet? In shop. Uh, I think I have vague ideas of understandings of it, but it, no, I haven't. No, no have you? I bet, J- but no. Jay has. Don't know. Yeah, I haven't looked into them. Don't know what they do. I, what's interesting yeah. is I, when I played with those, the hell are they called? The original ones, not meta objects, yeah. but like whatever those things were. Tags. Tags. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. And I wanted to have stuff like this for like, I don't remember what it was, but I wanted something that was overarching and didn't relate to a product. And there was like no way that I could figure out how to do it at the time. And so I yeah. feel like that's yep. maybe Good. what this is, or at least I, I hope right. my hopefulness yeah. is that it's like, I don't even know, like a sizing guide or like whatever mm. that thing is. So that it's like one of the things I, you know, wanted to have at one point was instructions or I forget. I don't even remember what it was, but yeah, yeah, yeah downloads of some sort yeah i think that seems to be what they are yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah we don't have much else to report really it's just been a blur this week of stress blur of stress blur of stress Delight- mm. so delightful i'll link to the i think one of the more interesting ones is the duck tower it's got the spindle in it too yeah i just tried to google you and got served ads for other people yeah, we don't do a lot of job shop work in, in Australia, sorry. Shipping usually kills it. You're outbid by two people. Yeah, cool. I'll check it out. I don't know. Don't have a lot uh, of Did you manage to get rid of your one-star review? Oh, yeah. I don't know how exactly. I went back and <laughs> forth on, uh, you know, I, I was pretty perturbed about it for that day. And mm. it's not a good feeling. You know, complained privately to a few friends and then they all seemingly reported it without, I didn't ask them to, but. They said that they, they were, you know, frustrated for me. So they reported it. And one of the options was like, you know, unrelated, this is unrelated to the business or something like that. And I was just like, Mm. I mean, seems like it to me. Yeah. The only, so there's two ways I went about is I made a comment. You can reply to people on Facebook review or Google reviews, which I didn't know until that day that was a thing. So I, I made a, I made a review of something that was like, you know, I'm confused why you would make a negative review to a business you have no experience with, but we weren't aware that this was an issue, you know, prior. And, you know, further, it's like, I usually try to go about the world to help people out, not tear them down. I hope you have a nice day or something like that. And so between that, maybe, maybe that did it, or maybe one of one of the many review reports took it down, but it's gone. Yeah. And I haven't had any more of him. I blocked him. And so... He's probably angering other people in the world. Yeah, good. Good riddance. We had a um, Jay last week, I think, found a whole lot of fake emails in our like Shopify database, as in a bot had got in there and it was signing itself up to everything, like fake accounts. I've had that too. And I think because I'd, I'd turned off the little capture thing yeah. at some point. Because it was oh. annoying me how it displayed on mobile. Like it was really a big icon that just followed you around wherever you went on the website. Wait, all wait, what? You had, a, you had an eyeball on your website? 
Yeah, you know the little email capture logo? I was kind of just following us around. Anyway, I turned it off. And okay. Okay. sure enough, we had like, I think Jay said they deleted like 30% of our customer base out of Shopify because it was all fake accounts. Oops. I just saw a little thing about how a lot of web traffic is supposedly fake. Or like, I saw that too. Not, that was a marketer email, I think. Yeah. It's a lot of bots yes, and uh, stuff. Yeah. That made me feel good about not spending money on ads, to be honest. Yeah, I thought of the same thing. I was like, oh, yeah, all that fake traffic Gemini are getting. Yeah, how much money did we throw away to fake traffic? Let's just be conspiratorial here. Have you ever thought about (laughs) how the heck do we know that? Don't have anything for that. How do we know that traffic on on web ads is even real? That they're not just some Facebook service that comes and clicks on your site and pretends to add stuff to carts and we're telling them exactly how to do it anyway. And they know Shopify's system. So it's like, yeah, I've thought about that a lot, especially after you stop advertising and it keeps happening. And we should uh, cut the podcast like mid sentence, like especially after. Right there. That's perfect. This, this file has been deleted. <laughs> Mark, is that your house? Yes, I know. We're all thinking it. How do you know? How do you know? All right. Awesome. Bye. See you, man. Great news, man. Yeah. Very good. Bye.